Hi, welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. I'm your host, Todd Broadbent. This podcast will be interviewing various teachers and educators who will be sharing their educational journeys, their ideas and thoughts on teaching and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. Firstly, thank you for joining me for the first episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. Before we start the first episode, a little bit about your host. My name is Todd Broadbent. I'm a primary school teacher in central Victoria, Bendigo. I've been teaching for eight years now, six of them as a PE teacher, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and the last two years in the classroom as a prep teacher, which I absolutely love. You can follow what I'm up to on Instagram at preps at Spessy. I decided to create this podcast because it's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I know so many amazing and outstanding educators and their teaching journeys and experiences just needed to be shared. Hopefully you enjoy these interviews as much as I do. I think that's enough about me. Thank you for listening and enjoy this first episode. My first guest for the Toddcast, the teacher podcast is Rebecca Kinsman, better known as Beck. I have the privilege of working at the same school as Beck, who is currently a grade one, two teacher and also our literacy learning specialist. Beck has a wealth of knowledge and experiences and she will be sharing those with us today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Beck. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me. How are you today, Beck? I'm doing okay today, you know, remote learning and all of that, but doing as well as I could be. Excellent. And thank you so much uh, for joining the Toddcast for its very first episode. It's oh, I'm very excited. VIP guest for the first episode. Yeah, absolute privilege to have you on. I, uh, I get to work with you uh, every day. But it's uh, fantastic to have you on the podcast to hear your teach about your teaching career and all the wonderful things you've done um, so far. Thank you. Well, I reckon uh, we'll get into it. Let's do oh, it. Awesome. So can you tell me about yourself, uh, what you teach and how long you've been uh, teaching for? Sure. So I'm 32. I'm yeah, 32. Um, I live in Bendigo. Uh, growing up you know, we moved around a lot. I used to live in New South Wales and grew up in the lovely beach suburb of Coogee and then moved to Victoria to the Macedon Ranges. So, you know, I've lived in lots of different places. Um, I'm one of four kids. Uh, so it was always a busy, busy life growing up. Um, you know, Growing up, I loved reading. And I think maybe that is why I am the way I am today. Um, and I guess I always wanted to be a teacher. I you know, I had a bit of a panic at high school and changed my mind at the last minute and enrolled in a health science course in Melbourne. And I think that was mainly due to my love of psychology. I loved learning about that at high school. Uh, so yes, I enrolled in that. It ended up not being for me. I think lots of things impacted on that. Uh, you know, I turned 18 halfway through my first year of university. So that has its impacts. Um, I was also traveling two hours to get to university and two hours home. So I think yeah. that impacted as well. So yeah, after that, I had a year off and decided what I wanted to do. And I knew after that, that it was teaching and I should never have doubted myself and <laughs> got back into that. So I moved to Bendigo, you know, enrolled in at La Trobe here, 
and did my teaching degree. I live here now with my husband, my little dog Dudley. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I did my, my honours at uni um, around Indigenous kids and numeracy. Mm-hmm. And I guess maths was always my thing. I, it's quite strange to think about now, but English, I, it, I just thought it was very wishy-washy growing up. And I, I just didn't like that, I, that it didn't have a black and white answer, mm-hmm. you know, writing essays at school. Yeah. Oh, it drove me insane. And with maths, you know, I knew that I could follow a formula and I would get it right. And I knew if it was right or wrong, whereas my sister could just blab, blab, blab about yep. anything she wanted. And um, she was wonderful at English. And I think it's just funny to see how life turns around. And yep. even though I loved maths at, at school, my love for reading has always been there. And I think that has, you know, gone, um, helped me. Uh, decide what I wanted to do in my career so talking about my career so I've been a teacher for nine years now and I've taught lots of different year levels I started in grade three four I've done some four five five six and now down in the juniors in grade one two but also sharing that role with um, being a literacy specialist at our school yeah fantastic so it's uh you've done a bit in your short career so far uh, a little bit, Todd, a little bit. <laughs> Just need to uh, try out preps now. Uh, oh, well, we have wonderful prep teachers at our <laughs> school. Maybe I'll leave it to them. Thanks, Beck. Um, so it's, you were talking about being a teacher and you kind of had that passion um, early on to be one and then you kind of did a little change and then ended up coming back. <laughs> so what was that kind of that decision that, yeah, I want to become a teacher? Yeah, well, as I said, growing up, it was always something that I thought I wanted wanted to do. My auntie was, is a teacher and I think that kind of started it. I, you know, I played teachers at home with my brothers and sisters for a lot longer than I would actually like to admit. I just, <laughs> I was obsessed by the mundane things that I thought teachers did and that's all they did, like taking the roles, collecting permission slips, doing yard duty and I'd, and I'd play that at home every school holidays and... I loved that. And I think that just grew as I got older. You know, I've, I've always loved kids. Um, even now, you know, if, if I'm at a family party and you're looking for me, I'm probably playing with the kids and entertaining the kids. That might be more to do with, you know, being a little bit socially awkward, probably. <laughs> and, um, the kids don't really judge you on your social awkwardness. Very true. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've always loved kids. Um, and I guess the whole idea of being a teacher has always fascinated me. And yeah, I, I guess it's always what I wanted to do. And then, as I said, I had that little moment of, oh, maybe I want to do health science. And I tried that. And I think it was actually good for me because I tried something new. And the courses I did, uh, the, the units I did during that course have obviously still impacted positively on um, my knowledge and things like that for being a teacher. But I was able in those two years of doing that course and then having a year off, I knew that I wanted to go back to teaching and and I was really dedicated to it by then, which I think really helped. Yeah, I think you've uh, found your calling, Beck. Oh, thank you. So uh, going back to when you were at school, only a few years ago, not too long oh, ago. Yeah, not long ago. Um, did you have any teachers that kind of inspired you or you kind of looked up to or you kind of model your teaching on? 
Yeah, I guess I've, I've definitely got a few there. I'm thinking the first one that really pops to mind when I moved from New South Wales to Victoria, my teacher at the school that I started at, she, it was her first year as well. So I guess we, I kind of saw parallels between us. So, um, you know, I, turning up to school, this new teacher called Miss Anderson, and I just saw, as I said, those parallels, we were both new, finding our way in a new place. And I just remember her being so enthusiastic. She just seemed to love teaching and she just genuinely showed a care for every student. Um, it, and it's the silly things too. There's some a resource I use in my room now that I remember being in that grade three classroom and uh, you've probably seen it. It's, it's a, a, spin, a spinny wheel thing made with a, a split pin and, you know, you move it around for which group's doing which activity and that's since grade three. I've had that in my head. I want to have that in my classroom. Yeah. So she really stood out. Um, I, I had a, a great teacher at high school, Mr. LaFay, and he he taught some of the most, the driest, potentially driest subjects like yeah. legal studies, accounting archaeology I did archaeology for Ooh, a, yeah. a, a semester um, but the way that he taught them was so inspiring and it made it so interesting for things that really could be a little bit boring yeah um, and then I guess the other one that stands out was my year 11 and 12 psychology teacher and I, I didn't even know what psychology was before then and she was just new. I'm pretty sure she was a graduate going straight into a year 11 and 12 BCE subjects. Yeah. And she was just so dedicated and she built those relationships so quickly. And yeah, I guess she just stands out. I think mm -hmm. she inspired my love for psychology as well. As I said, yeah. I didn't really even know what that was. That's um, what I was going to say. Is that where you think you got that passion for the psychology? Yeah, absolutely. She just taught the content in such a great way and yeah something about her just sparked that in me and I think that's one of the great things about being a teacher is that you don't know the impact that you ha can have on people in that way um yeah she was just amazing so lots of teachers along the way um yeah that have inspired me and probably kind of shaped the teacher that I am today as well mm. yeah, but then yeah. you go I was going to know that's fantastic, and I uh, I get to see you each day, so I can um, I can see <laughs> that you you are someone that builds those relationships and try and have those positive effects on all students and everything like that. So I can yeah. see that you are uh, have picked up some of those things from those teachers in the past. Well, thank you, and I guess also it's not just your schooling growing up, but every day as a teacher, you are around other teachers who are enthusiastic and passionate, and um, you can just see the joy that it brings them it's a job yes but I think us teachers are a special breed of people and and we have a genuine love for everything that we do so being around other people like that I think is a massive thing yeah and I think we're lucky at the the school that we are that um we have such an amazing group of teachers that do exactly what you're saying that mm. love their job and love to work and um would only want the best for all students and all families yes absolutely so I'd like to go a little bit deeper into this uh, literacy area that is your uh, 
wasn't your initial strength, but now something no. you're flying along with and you do an outstanding job at our school um, as our literacy specialist. I just want to, for all the listeners out there, what are some uh, literacy tips um, and classroom musts that you think, particularly in the primary setting, that uh, you think must happen all the time? Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of them and we could talk about this for a long, long time. Yes. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I have picked up on is um, just those reading, have it, letting kids have those reading and writing miles and building those up because, um, you know, you see those things floating around on social media and things that talk about how many words kids are exposed to throughout their life. And, mm. you know, it's something like 2 million words a year if if kids read 20 minutes a day compared to five minutes of reading which could be 200 or 300,000 words a day so it's it's actually just building you know we say the miles like kids having as as many opportunities as they can to just read and write I think is so so important one thing that I have learned from you know really amazing staff at 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 the school that I'm working at, um, at class libraries. And I know there's lots of research around those. And um, I think it's so important to have a wonderful class library in every single classroom, just to inspire kids to read, to expose them to different types of texts and, um, and topics. And mm. just um, to see themselves represented in those texts, I guess, are so important as well for them to build those connections. Um, in terms of day-to-day -day stuff, I think it's so important that kids, um, you know, are doing their independent reading every day. I think as teachers, it's so important for us to model, 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 model. <laughs> Absolutely. And more model. And more. Um, and that's reading, writing, everything, you know, doing our think alouds and, and you know, explaining to the kids what goes through our heads as as we read and as we write because it's it's new for them. Um, you know, one thing as well, having our two hours a day, non-negotiable two hours a day of literacy, reading, writing, I think is so important. And I think that goes back to the timing. You know, the more time kids are doing these things, the more skills, the more words they're going to be exposed to. Um, and it all just builds their academic picture. And I guess um, something that I think about for writing, and I know um, at all year levels from prep to grade six, is just having those, you know, rose-coloured glasses, celebrating kids for, you know, the hard work they're doing. And, um, you know, you would see it down in prep, mm. the actual mental load that it takes for kids to be able to do something like write you know, we take it for granted as adults, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, you see from that very start, that first moment, even just the holding the pen can be a challenge, or the pencil is yes. a challenging aspect for a prep. And then to be able to then write with it and then think of a story to then build from there. Yes. Um, it is, you're 100% right. Yeah, it's, they're thinking of absolutely everything down to the mechanics. Like you said, holding a pencil, how the pencil needs to move, how my hand needs to, to move. Oh, but hold on, I need to think about words. What are words? What are letters? And I think for our kids who find writing challenging, they are the ones that need most of that celebration because they, they are working so hard to be able to achieve that. And I guess that's where, you know, I sometimes get frustrated with, uh, things like perhaps Vic cursive 
handwriting, for example, yes. where, yep. um, you know, I understand, uh, you, don't get me wrong, handwriting is so important and there's so many studies around how it can actually contribute to kids learning. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, this might be because I also grew up in New South Wales. This could be a Victoria, <laughs> New South Wales thing. Todd. Yes, yes. Um, but I just think the mental load that kids have already trying to write and then they're trying to worry about, oh, going back and there's meant to be a flick on this letter and, um, you know, I have to start this one with a flick here and I have to do the Z that looks like a three, but I thought I was writing and not doing maths. And yes. oh, I don't know. I just find that a little bit tedious, to be honest with you. And just that they're, everyone's different, as you're saying, New South yeah. Wales is different, Queensland has a different, yeah. it is challenging and that, um, and that big cursive font can be that really challenging one because there is those flicks and those um, loops and flicks, and I call yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's very challenging. But as yeah. as you would know, in the one two area, but even particularly in the prep area. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you know, if you look at adults' handwriting, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but my handwriting is a carbon copy of my mum's handwriting most of the time, not at school, yeah. obviously. Um, but I just think that there are so many other factors that contribute to the way that we handwrite and what our writing looks like. That Anyway, we've gone off topic here, haven't we? <laughs> um, I, my last point that I wanted to talk about with literacy yep. was just um, inspiring kids. I think if you can inspire them to have a love of reading, of writing, um, a purpose to read and write, I think that's the main thing. Um, even, you know, looking up in the senior area, grade five, six, um, you know, focus on those, on the ideas of their writing and, and, while they're, and why are they writing, getting them to think about that. And I think it's tricky, you know, as a graduate teacher, I thought I was being such a great teacher of writing because I was picking up their spelling mistakes and, and, and things like that. But, you know, just celebrating their writing and, mm and building that passion for those things, I think is so, so important. And I'd also say, Beck, that um, that you as the teacher need to have that passion for what yeah. you're doing as well. And, and whatever it is, whatever subject it is, it might not be your strongest area, yeah. but you've also got to show that passion because the kids can read you straight away, can't they? Absolutely. I just think sometimes the kids are going, oh, you know, they don't, they don't like teaching this, do they? You know? Um, yeah. So even if, you know, I, I don't, I don't keep a journal of a night time. I know lots of people do, but um, I always wanted to, but I found it, I found it a little bit tedious and I'd do it for three days and forget, but it's also a bit of fake it till you make it like fake that if you don't have that passion yourself around writing or whichever subject, if you're teaching a science subject um, as teachers, you know, sometimes we're actors as well. Mm. Yeah. No, we do have to put that on a uh, drama performance on that is for sure. Oh, we do. <laughs> Excellent. No, thanks for that, Beck. That was um, all great tips and ideas there. So thank you for that. So Beck, let's go to the uh, question of remote learning. How are you mm -hmm. going this? Well, I think until, if you had asked me before last week, I would have said that I am coping completely fine with it. Obviously, you know, I think we all prefer to be in the classroom. It is what we do. It's where we want to be. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. It didn't shake me as much as I thought it would. I enjoyed some aspects of it. Um, you know, building your own kind of routine at home and um, 
I guess as teachers, we're always learning new skills and ways to inspire kids. And, and that definitely forced our hand to do that. Um, I just think it's been a bit tricky this year with going in and out of, of remote learning. Um, I think that's in some ways been more challenging than last year with the extended period of remote learning. So um, it's just hard, I think, now seeing the impact that it has on everyone, family, friends, colleagues, kids, families. So that's really tricky. But in saying that, there are positives, I guess. Um, we've, we use the app Seesaw, which I think has just been amazing. It's so interactive for the kids. Um, it's so accessible for kids of all ages. And the functionality of it is just amazing. I think it's very important to make sure that you you know, build your routine and you, and you have that distance between home and work because it's as a teacher, as we know, that's already difficult. Um, but I just, everyone I speak to, you know, six hours have gone by and they realize they haven't moved from their chair yeah. and the screen, which I think is so, so tricky. So breaks and building a little routine for yourself at home. And, you know, I think as teachers, we know that student wellbeing comes first and, you know, we need happy, safe, healthy kids before anything else. Yeah. And they will not learn unless they are happy, safe, happy and safe. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we're doing that. And I think in some ways we know our kids and families better because mm. of remote learning. So there definitely have been some positives. Um in it but yeah very challenging situation I think it's interesting because as a as a as teaching as an industry if we call it an industry as a career whatever you want to call it um we are one of the careers that has had to completely change and adapt our day day-to-day -day practice every job out there has made changes during COVID I, I know that um but as we know we completely changed everything that we did whilst having to immediately implement that yes yeah there was no grace period um so i think that really needs to be celebrated and acknowledged um in the wider community as 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 should everyone who has made changes in during covid and and things like that but i think that's a real celebration of the whole teaching profession yeah so many people have done such an amazing job this year and have people yeah so many great ideas and, and yeah. different things they can do on uh, WebEx or Zoom or whatever it might be. Yeah, definitely. Virtual tours. I know you guys did one um, yesterday. I think you went, yeah. to, went to a bit of a zoo yesterday. Is that right? Yes, got up close and personal with some uh, Australian animals, which was lovely. Which is great because a lot of you don't have, sometimes you don't get all those opportunities being yeah. uh, in class and, and yeah. doing those things and the dress ups and all that kind of thing. So as you said, there is those benefits, but we all know where we'd rather be. And that would be in the classroom with our kids. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. I think everyone's making the best of it um, as much as possible in, in these times. Mm, definitely. So speaking um, with this kind of remote learning, self-care, have you got any kind of things that make you kind of tick after a big day of work yeah. remote learning or at school uh, in a normal kind of scenario have you got any self-care tips to kind of look after yourself yeah uh well obviously my thing is reading and I can tell that if if I'm feeling very stressed or um overwhelmed by 
by life or work or anything like that. It's often when I know that I haven't picked up a book in a long time. It, it really is my way of relaxing and really escaping to a new, a new little world in whatever book I'm reading. So that's a big thing for me, um, reading. Um, I, I've said it, I said it in a previous question, but just having a routine and making sure you've got your boundaries. Everyone's boundaries are different. Some people um, love coming home and doing some extra stuff at home for work, but that doesn't work for everyone. So you need to work out your boundaries and what works for you. Um, you know, I think it's so important to surround yourself with amazing people and that's personally and professionally. And, you know, we're really lucky. We have a great team and, you know, down to our little music sessions in the morning before we get the day started. And I think having those people around you, that support network at school, but also at home, I think is so, so important and yeah, yeah can really, you know, change your outlook, which is wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for those. So I want you to go back to when you were a first year teacher here. Mm. Is there something that you wish you uh, kind of you did or and something you wish you didn't do? Mm, well, it wasn't that long ago, but not necessarily my first year, but I think it's so important to make sure, and I wish that I did have that balance between home and school. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I necessarily had that at the start of my career, and I think most graduates would probably agree with that. I think there's just that never-ending to-do list, which nine years on, 20 years on that to-do list is still not empty. You will always have something. I think I also, it was my way of showing how committed I was and, um, but you need to look after yourself. I think making sure you have that balance and having those things outside of work and school that um, kind of ground you and and bring you some perspective. I think that's so important. Um, Yeah. What's something that I wish I didn't do? Mm. Oh, I, it's it's not a regret because I'm so happy that I did it. But sometimes I wish that I didn't take leadership opportunities so early in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I mentioned it at the start, but I think it was my third year of teaching. I was a team leader. So still as a graduate, so leading a team of four. And it was an amazing team. I've always worked in amazing teams. Um, but sometimes I just miss purely being a teacher um as I said don't get me wrong I love the leadership opportunities that I have taken I would never take them back um it's brought me a lot of opportunities um you know I I went to China twice with school um I have had amazing teams I've had my role as literacy specialist all um and it has contributed to those things by myself by taking on opportunities, taking on leadership opportunities. But yeah, sometimes I think, did it, did I take on too much? Yeah. Yeah. I understand understand what you're saying. And like um, that you did, you have to kind of worry about a whole team and other, other teachers and all that kind of thing where you get to worry kind of about just yourself and what you're kind of doing. You're worrying about so many other aspects as well. And that that's yeah. where this grows and it gets more complex and all those. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Awesome. So Beck, a goal for the future. Okay. Well, you know me, I've never been very big on having, you know, like a five-year plan or anything like that. I kind of 
if an opportunity comes up, I'll give it a go. Um, I'm, and I'm quite big on that. It's probably the only area of my life that I'm a bit spontaneous like that, to be honest, because yep. everything else I like to plan and yeah, I'm a bit strange like that. But um, yeah, I'd say just to continue learning and developing. We know as teachers, that's that's what we do. We mm-hmm. constantly doing that. Um, I love working with other staff members and and um, you know learning new things and working with them to learn new things. And um, yeah, I you know I, I probably wouldn't say that there's uh, that that next step of leadership in my goals for the future, I take my hat off to anybody that is an AP or a principal. I think the work that they do is just amazing. And I I don't think I'm cut out for that, to be honest with you. Um, Classrooms really my interest and, and it's at that level that I really love. And so I think it might, yeah, my goal is just to keep doing that, keep working with staff, developing my own knowledge and See where the see where the next few years takes me, Todd. Yeah, beautiful. Well, you do an outstanding job in what you do currently. So just keep that going and you're flying along. Ooh. <laughs> so uh Beck, best thing about teaching, and then I want you to go with your worst thing about teaching. Okay. Best thing, I think it comes down to the kids, obviously. They yeah. are why. I think every single teacher, they are why we do what we do. Um, Love working with the kids. And for me, it's that um, family, if you want to call it that, of colleagues that um, become friends and having that support network around you. I I, I just treasure that. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so important. And worst thing, I don't know. (laughs) Um, It's probably... Uh, the comments about more holidays yes gets to me mm-hmm. um I just think well if you are jealous of our holidays maybe go to uni and become a teacher yes that's back I think <laughs> makes it always run with your always uh two weeks away from two weeks holiday yes kind of thing um, Yes, it's uh, very frustrating but I reckon it, your response is the best one that you <laughs> say. Or sometimes you just say nothing because if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. So, um, and I think just the fact that it's such a hectic job, it really is. But, you know, we know that and we deal with it. Yeah. Um, Oh, a little bit. You kind of used one a little bit there. Do you have an overused uh, cliche? Please tell me I didn't say this, but I think it comes down to my little nerdy maths love um 110 oh that's yeah. not a thing did i say that tell me i didn't say that just before oh you just said it no i don't think you did oh oh do you know what i would have i would have quit this <laughs> if i had said it um yeah i guess sometimes it's just overused i get it yeah. you're talking about people who do over and above 110 i get it but it's just overused and i don't like it yeah fair enough fair enough Radio. I've got a little game here, Beck. Would you like to play a game with me? I would love to play a game. You know that I uh, love my games. I like you doing do? those at school most days. So mm. uh, I thought I'd have a little one in the uh, in the Toddcast. Lovely. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. It's a little bit of uh, would you rather or you've got to pick one kind of thing. You can't uh, pick both. You have to choose one. 
Okay, lovelet. Ready to go? Ready to go. Radio. Coffee or a cocktail? Oh, coffee. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. 110% coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you just used it then. <laughs> oh, okay, mate. Uh, oh, colored pen. Do you, as a teacher, are you a uh, red, black, blue? Oh, it, it's got to be black. I, I, I'm the first guest, aren't I? Because honestly, if anybody says red for this question, that, <laughs> that is odd because it's definitely black, black pen every time. Excellent. Well, it'll be interesting to see in future guests what they yes. say. Then. <laughs> Apologies. Okay, yard duty or a staff meeting? Oh, Todd. Well, this, okay, long answer. I'm going to lock in yard duty because we are very lucky. Our yard duty goes for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Staff meetings are usually an hour. So just on time, I'm going to lock in yard duty. But if yard duty went for an hour, if I'm picking between an hour of yard duty or an hour of staff meeting, I'm locking in staff meeting every time. <laughs> I, I love yard duty. I love playing, you know, chatting with the kids, seeing old, you know, chatting with kids that you used to teach, catching up with them. But sometimes it's tricky. I just want to sit and eat my lunch. That's it. <laughs> and have that little like mental break. Absolutely. Yeah. Just switch off. Yeah. Switch off to the world, sit in my own little world, eat my food, reset for the next session. Yeah. Excellent. Radio. In a junior area, this kind of happens a little bit. So would you rather uh, a student's uh, kind of spill Play-Doh all over the floor and have to clean that up or they spill some of their lunch on the floor and you have to clean that up? Um, well, actually, you've left this a little open for me. So I'm going to say spill some of their lunch, but it's going to be a wrapped up sandwich. So <laughs> it doesn't make a mess. And yes, I, you know, maybe just don't have Play-Doh in your room or have it when somebody else is working in there because that will never come out of the carpet. No, it never does. It's shocking, isn't it? Okay, next one. A couple more to go here. Uh, would you rather a photocopy jam or the printer runs out of ink? Mm, I'm going to do the photocopy jam because we, we are good at fixing that. And I think we can fix that quicker than having to run over to get a new ink cartridge or a toner cartridge. So I'm going to lock in a photocopy and jam. Excellent. We do have to do that on a daily basis. Daily. Rodeo, rather teach um, on a full moon or on a windy day? Oof. Aye. Um, I'm going to say a full moon because I feel that this might that might have been controversial, but on a full moon, I feel that it impacts some kids. Yeah. A windy day, every <laughs> single kid, student in the school, oh, off their rocker. The wind just gets to them. So let's go with a full moon. And then having yard duty on that same day. just. <gasps> oh, don't. No. <laughs> okay. Three more to go. So. Would you rather $100 teachers pay teachers voucher or $100 at like Kmart or Spotlight? Mm, I love teachers pay teachers. I think people are so, so clever. Um, check out uh, your teachers pay teachers <laughs> store. We'll put a little 
thing in there. One for our pretty Oh, just you know, helping you out. Um, but I think I'm going to lock in Kmart voucher because I could spend that very quickly, and then I could get a mix of classroom, home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love it. And they've got so many great things there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whiteboard markers. Are you a fine tip or a chisel? Oh, <laughs> this is a weekly staff room conversation. It is. Do you know what? I think maybe my answer is because of a little bit of my Vic cursive aversion, um, New South Wales versus Vic, but I'm not into flickies. So chisel tip, I feel like my handwriting always looks shocking. So I'm locking in a fine tip. And if I am your team leader ever, <laughs> we are only ever ordering fine tip whiteboard markers. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. What are you, Todd? I'm, I'm a chisel tip. So oh. I'm not sure I can be in a team with you now. <laughs> oh, you would be, though, because you have impeccable handwriting. Well, I think the chisel tip helps me, whereas the fine tip, my handwriting is horrendous. Oh, okay. Oh, oh it's, horrendous. I think it's the left hand aspect, being a lefty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one before we're all finished up. Mm hmm. Having to tie. Oh, no. Wet shoelaces <sighs> or wipe our runny nose. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> I do you know what I don't I do not think I can lock in either of those because the one thing that I cannot deal with is snotty noses I've, I really <laughs> struggle I really really struggle but at the same time the wet shoelaces thing is just a mental thing for me because you just do not know why those shoelaces are wet uh, I do I have to pick one you do you do have to pick one Oh, do you know what? I think I would do the shoelaces. I think I would just put paper towel in each hand and do the shoelaces because the runny nose, I just, I just cannot. And I think that comes from when we teach swimming. Yeah. Because yes. when we teach swimming, there's something about swimming that gets the noses running. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes. It's not, not ideal. <laughs> That's a horrible that, question. Yeah, sorry. You yeah, I'm glad question. you picked one in the end. So thanks for picking one at least. And that is all of uh, Todd's quick questions there. Well done for playing that. Thank Ooh, you. Quick um, questions. Sorry, I didn't get that memo. Oh, that's okay. We're allowed to have a conversation. About <laughs> Fine. You did a great job. So that is actually uh, the end of the podcast there. So Beck, um, you've done a great job. Thank you for uh, sharing all your um about your teaching career, your thoughts, ideas, um, your great knowledge of literacy. It's been fantastic having you on the Toddcast for the very first episode <gasps> of the podcast. Should so feel very exciting. A <laughs> moment in history. Yes, very much. And I um, truly appreciate you coming and joining uh, the Toddcast, the teacher podcast for its first episode. Thank you so much. It's, it's amazing. And you are doing great things. And I think just to hear from other people in the teaching community, if you'd like to call that, uh, like to call it that, I think it's so important for um, people to hear other people's experiences and realize maybe that they're not alone in in certain areas and and the way that they're thinking or you know the support that they need. And there's so many amazing and wonderful teachers out there, and yeah, yeah. you're one of them. And that was so um, an absolute privilege to um, have a chat with you and hear. Oh, you right back stories. at you. <laughs> So um, thank you once again, Beck. Have a, have a lovely evening and um, thanks again for joining me. Thank you very much.
And everyone out there, thanks again for listening um, for the very first episode of the Toddcast. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we'll have weekly episodes each week. And I look forward to uh, the next one with you. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. See you later. Thank you.